Aloha, this is Pastor Perry, and I want to thank you for joining us online to study the Word of God together. We pray that you will be blessed as the Holy Spirit ministers to you through this message and through God's Word. Aloha KCC Ohana. Today's scripture reading is Philippians 4 verses 21 and 22. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially those who are of Caesar's household. Happy Sunday! Lauren, thank you so much for doing our reading today. Appreciate that and Looking forward to meeting your new baby that'll be born soon. Man, that's so beautiful. Love it. I'd like to ask you all to join me now as we pray and ask God to speak to us through his word. Father God, we love you. We honor you. We proclaim that you are the creator of all. You are the king of kings and lord of lords, the only God the only one worthy of our devotion and worship and allegiance. We acknowledge that every breath we take is dependent on you. And Lord, we dedicate every breath back to you that we might live with every breath and heartbeat for the glory of Jesus Christ. And that we might do that in the power of the Holy Spirit who fills us, and not just in our own energy, but in the energy of the mighty God who lives within us. Lord, these are unique times. Possibly they are the end of times as we know them. And we depend on you and we ask you to help us live well as if we might even be that last generation of Christians before Jesus Christ returns, that we might represent him well that we might spread the good news to others, especially when there's so much bad news, that we would shine like lights in the darkness and that Jesus Christ would be glorified. Lord, magnify yourself through us and do it by your power and not by our own flesh or energy. Fill us with your hope and your goodness, your joy and your peace. May we know your grace and may we extend it to others well. We come now for instruction from our Father that you would guide us and encourage us through your word and that the Holy Spirit would speak mightily now through me that I might just be a channel through whom you speak. And it's in the magnificent reigning name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. After... Dad died at the age of 73 of colon cancer. I went into the family home and, and went up the stairs to the den where Dad had his study. And there on his desk was his open Bible, a Bible that he had been using for maybe decades. And it was well-worn, written in on every page. And it was open to a scripture passage that he was studying, preparing for the Bible study he was going to teach four days prior to his death. My dad was a wonderful man, but not a perfect man. But he finished well. 
He finished well. And now he's perfected in the Lord Jesus Christ. How you are remembered after you die is often based on the final chapters of your life, not what you may have considered the finest chapters of your life. Just recently, we have unfortunately heard of two very prominent, well-known evangelical pastors who produced video series and authored books who have resigned from their ministries in disgrace. And unfortunately, these final chapters of their ministry might be remembered even more than their finest chapters. While the Apostle Paul was writing what he thought could very likely be the last chapter that he ever wrote, Philippians chapter 4, anticipating that he was about to lose his life for Jesus Christ, he wrote in Philippians chapter 4, the last chapter of the book of Philippians, in verses 21 and 22, these words. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. Now, you and I know that the Apostle Paul would not die at this time that he would have a trial and he would be released to live a little bit longer before he would be imprisoned again during the second Roman imprisonment. But while he was thinking he was going to die in prison, he wrote this letter from quarantine, the book of Philippians. And he wrote it, and to him it could have been the final chapter of his life. But it also is one of the finest chapters of his life, as he wrote in chapter 1 of Philippians, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Few of us know the actual day of our death. And so you and I should live in a manner that our final chapter will be our finest chapter. We should live each day that way. Now, I have some good news for you in midst of the COVID pandemic. Statistically speaking, based just on the numbers, not based on your personal age or your personal health, but statistically speaking, if you live in Hawaii, you're not going to die of COVID. At the time I was writing this message a few days ago, I looked it up, and only 81 people have died in our state from COVID. And we have a population of 1,416,000 people. Well, if you do the math, you discover that the death rate is only 0.006% of our population. Statistically insignificant though obviously very significant to the families who have lost loved ones. And according to the CDC statistics, the most recent ones are from 2017, according to the CDC statistics, the causes of death in Hawaii state that you are approximately 17 times more likely to die of a heart attack in Hawaii than COVID that you are approximately four times more likely to die of an accident in Hawaii than COVID, that you are 
one and a half times more likely to die of suicide in Hawaii than COVID. And that number is based on 2017. And we know in 2020, all these numbers have gone up by 40 to 50 percent. Isn't that great news? (laughs) Something's going to kill you. Everyone dies. It's probably not going to be COVID, however. The only exception to everyone dying are those of us who are alive when Jesus Christ returns and we go beautifully to be with him at the rapture. So what's my point? My point is this. Since everyone dies, why not make this period of time and every period of time of your life your finest hours of life? The Apostle Paul, anticipating death, made his final hours, the hours he thought were his final hours, some of the finest. Jesus made his finest hours also his final hours, and his final hours, his finest hours, dying on the cross. And my dad did the same, and so have millions that have gone on before us. And since few of us actually know the day of our death, Let's live wonderfully and beautifully every day. Because someday that day will be our last day. The Apostle Paul spent what he thought were his last days beautifully and wonderfully quarantined under house arrest. He spent them blessing other people, both in his immediate vicinity through conversation, but also... He blessed people who were far from him through his correspondence. The Apostle Paul made his government-enforced quarantine one of his finest chapters of his life, writing the books of Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and Philemon, influencing people around the world and throughout the ages. What about you? How are you using this chapter of your life for the glory of Jesus Christ. You may recall that when we began this study some months ago in the book of Philippians with the Apostle Paul, this letter from quarantine, that he started off by telling us in chapter 1 that this house arrest, this confinement, had led to the greater spread of the gospel and that some of the people that had come to know Jesus Christ were the palace guards, those Roman soldiers that were paid three and a half times more than your average soldier. They were veterans. They were special. They were honored. And their duty was to protect the palace, to protect the emperor of Rome. They also had been tasked with watching and guarding the apostle Paul on a rotation basis, chained to him. And while they were chained to him, he shared the gospel with them. Because Paul's attitude was not that he was chained to a guard, but that the guard was chained to him. And as a result, this same group of people, these guards, who we might call Caesar's household, came to be lovers of the Lord Jesus Christ and lovers of fellow Christians whom they'd never even met. And so, as the Apostle Paul writes this last chapter, which he thought could be the last chapter of his life, he writes in chapter 4, verse 22, 
all the saints greet you. And then he says, especially, especially those of Caesar's household. He doesn't mean Caesar's family. He means the people in the palace, these Roman guards. They especially greet you. That word especially has a special meaning to me. It's a Greek word, malista. And malista is a word that means especially or, or very much. It's a word that I heard my dad use repeatedly shortly before he died. My dad was able to make a trip back to Greece to visit me where I was living. I had met our Greek family, including my cousins, my dad's aunt, my great-aunt, other family members. And I brought my dad to meet them, and I'd like to show you a picture of my dad meeting his great-aunt, who was celebrating her 100th birthday. Her name is Anastasia, which is Greek for resurrection. You might know the name as Anastasia. And I kept hearing my dad speaking, and when he spoke... Greek to the family, he'd use this word malista, very much, especially. I never saw my dad in all my life happier than the days before he died. Malista, especially. And Paul writes, these soldiers who guard the most wicked man on the planet at that time, Nero, the emperor, They especially want to tell you hello, as if they're jumping up and down and waving and saying to the Philippian Christians who they'd never met, especially we greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. These were exciting times for the Apostle Paul, even though they looked like they were his last times. He made his finest hours, hours that reached the household of Nero for Jesus Christ. Well, Apostle Paul went to trial, and he wasn't executed at this time. He was released from his house arrest in Rome, and he could look back at joy on how he spent his quarantine. The Apostle Paul is an example to you and me. This quarantine is going to end. And we will look back on it, and we have to say, are these some of our finest hours? We learn at least three things that I'd like to point out from the Apostle Paul's example, and there's an outline online if you're able to access it at this time. And our first lesson that we learn from the Apostle Paul is it's as if he's saying to you and me, unleash your faith. Unleash your faith. The Apostle Paul was literally leashed to a Roman guard, but he unleashed his faith at the same time. There is no better time to unleash your faith than in the midst of a crisis. Anyone can be joyous and happy and pleasant to be around when they're living the good life. But it's in the midst of the crisis, in the midst of a global pandemic, in the midst of a general shutdown, 
that we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives in order to be joyful and pleasant and kind and patient and understanding and thoughtful and gracious and free of worry. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, was able to unleash his faith during some of the most difficult times of his life. And so can you and so can I, filled with the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Although the Apostle Paul was restrained in body, his words and his ministry was unrestrained. It was unleashed to the world, and it's been spreading for over two millennia. In this last chapter of the book of Philippians, in verse 9, the Apostle Paul also writes, and he's writing to you and me as well as the Philippians, he says, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace shall be with you. Imitate the Apostle Paul if you want to have peace during crisis. And may I personally ask you to start with living this way around the children in your life. Our children in every situation are the most vulnerable, and that is so true right now. They're easily influenced by the adults around them. You and I may never again in our lifetimes have a better opportunity to show forth Jesus Christ in the midst of crisis in the front of our children. We may never have a better teaching opportunity than right now to demonstrate to our children what it means to place their hope and faith in Jesus Christ and to trust Him. Mike is a minister that I know and I respect. He's been working in the office of our denomination in, in California, and he just this past week announced his resignation from the job and from ministry. Oh, not because of any kind of scandal. No, quite the contrary. He announced it because he and his wife, Robin, are going to homeschool their grandchildren during this pandemic so their daughter, the children's mother, can go back to work. And they are sacrificing career and salary for their grandchildren. And one of the ironies of this is that at the beginning of COVID, I asked Mike, how can I pray for you? And he said, well, could you pray that my wife Robin and I could have more time with our grandchildren? Well, God has answered that prayer abundantly. And Mike's final chapter as a minister is one of his finest chapters, dedicating them to his family. But I'm sure that Mike and Robin's situation is, is not unique. With public schools requiring distance learning and requiring students to study at home in front of a tablet, even small children, where the parents have to be there behind the tablet to help the children, and you have children from different grades with different teachers, different, different curriculum, it's very difficult. And yet adults, parents, aunties, uncles are having the opportunity to influence children like never before. This situation is not one that we would have chosen. It's chosen us, but we can choose what kind of influence we have on the children around us. Unleash your faith. Now, of course, not all of us 
have the same opportunities to unleash our faith, and, and that's okay. But there's something that each one of you can do, that I can do, we can all do, and we should do during this crisis. It's something the Apostle Paul did, and that's the second thing you want to look at today. Nurture your faith. Number two, nurture your faith. You see, faith, like children, like flowers, like any relationship, must be nurtured in order to be healthy and to grow and not die. As we learn from Philippians 4, verses 11 to 13 that we looked at recently, the Apostle Paul nurtured his faith, telling us how he learned to be content, and we saw that word content literally means self-sufficient. He had to learn to be self-sufficient in whatever circumstances he was in, and we learned that the way he was self-sufficient was learning the secret of being strong through Jesus who strengthened him. In other words, everything he needed to get through the crisis was in him because Jesus was in him. But he had to learn that. He had to nurture his faith. His faith had to grow. And the Apostle Paul is an example to us on how our faith needs to be nurtured, how we need to learn things, how we need to grow. It's not static. Let me ask you. You can answer out loud because I can't hear you. (laughs) Will your faith be stronger or weaker because of the COVID pandemic? Will it be stronger or weaker? It's your choice. Nurture your faith. One of the things I've decided to do in order to add beauty to my life during this COVID pandemic and shutdown and lockdown is to grow some anthurium flowers. They were my mom's favorite, and I love them too. And I'd never grown them before. But with a lot of help from God, I'm doing pretty well. And recently, a woman was walking by my house, and my gate was open. And she and her daughter noticed my beautiful anthurium flowers, and she stopped, and and she admired them. And then she said, hers didn't look anything like this. She was having trouble, and they didn't look like this. And I smiled and thanked her, and she walked away. But I was thinking to myself on the inside, the reason mine look better than hers is that I nurture my flowers. I water them. I weed them. I fertilize them. And, of course, I speak lovingly to them on a regular basis. Faith is like that. It has to be watered with the Word of God. It has to be weeded. You've got to get the sin out of there and confess it. It needs to be fertilized. You need to give it something that helps it grow, and sometimes that's a challenge. It is the fertilizer. So, my friends, please follow the Apostle's example and nurture your faith. But some of you are thinking, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm just too tired to do all this. I'm worn out. I'm exhausted. My brain is fried. I am too overwhelmed to unleash my faith. I don't feel like I can even nurture my faith these days. Well, then please at least do number three. Hold on to your faith. Hold on to your faith. If all you have the energy to do right now is to just keep from losing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
well, good job. Keep it up. Do that. Hold on to your faith. If after this COVID crisis is over, all you're able to say is that I held, I held on to my faith, well, that's fantastic. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. It's to be rewarded by the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't drift away. The Apostle Paul, during his second Roman imprisonment, which ended in his execution, during the second Roman imprisonment, he wrote literally the last chapter of his life, 2 Timothy chapter 4. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says those famous words. He says, I have kept the faith. I've kept the faith. I've held on to it. I made it through. Back in the 70s, I remember that we had a greeting, peace, love, and keep the faith. And back then, I didn't realize that it was actually a reference to the Apostle Paul. Keep the faith. And I want to ask you, you, to help me bring that back in word and deed. Let's greet with one another with keep the faith. And you can say it to unbelievers, and when they ask you what you mean, tell them. It's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Unleash your faith, nurture your faith, and hold on or keep the faith. I close this sermon, and I close our study in the book of Philippians with the words and doxology of the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4, verse 20. And he writes, Now to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Would you pray with me? I'd like to ask you to bow your head so you can have a private moment. If you're listening here and you're unsure where you will spend eternity when you die, if you don't feel like you've ever had your sins forgiven, if you perhaps know that you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life personally to be your Savior, I urge you right now to cry out to Him and say, Lord, save me. If you believe He died on the cross for your sins, that He rose from the grave and conquered death in order to give you eternal life, if you believe these things, would you ask Him to come into your life and save you, and He will. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you saved us. We pray that you would help us to grow in our faith and to keep our faith even during the most difficult of times. We love you, Lord. We love you. Amen. Well, my friends, be well, be safe, and be blessed.